Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Cat Radio Cafe. Hey, do cats listen to WBAI on Sunday nights at 11? Of course. Cats are just getting started. This is WBAI New York and 99.5 FM and WBAI.org online. Stay tuned for Radio Gag, Gays Against Guns, coming up. Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update and discussion on the horror that is the gun violence epidemic in America, and it's also what we like to talk about, what we can do to end it. Hey there, I'm Ken Kidd. Uh, This week's show, we're going to take you through how we follow the money. We're going to be talking about some of the key links in what we call the chain of death, in particular the financial institutions that grease the wheels of the American weapons industry. How does your APR fund the NRA? That's right, Ken. And uh, hi, everybody. My name is Paul Rowley. And um, we're looking especially this week at Gays Against Guns' direct action approach to breaking this chain of death. We'll be hearing about some past campaigns against the NRA Business Alliance and also looking towards future actions, in particular taking on the bank of the NRA, that being Wells Fargo or Wells Fargo, as we like to say. But before we get stuck in too much, a brief introduction. For those of you listening who have no idea who we are, uh, by the way, my name is Sean Stefanik. We are. Hi. (laughs) We are Gays Against Guns, aka GAG, and we're an all inclusive direct action group of LGBTQ people and our allies committed to nonviolently breaking the gun industry's chain of death. That includes investors, manufacturers, the NRA, and the politicians who, believe it or not, do block safer gun laws. We formed right after the Pulse Massacre in Orlando in June of 2016, and we now have chapters in several cities across the United States. We use song, creative theatrics, and direct political protest to force real change. Gag members are bound together by the belief that people getting shut up in safe spaces like schools, churches, cinemas, supermarkets, oh, I don't know, and gay bars is unacceptable, and it's got to stop. So, yeah, so we've been doing that ever since. Um, you know, Gag meets every other week in the LGBTQ Center in Manhattan on 13th Street. And, you know, as we like to say, we're not just gays. <laughs> All people are welcome to come along. Um, we always start our meetings with what we call an in-memoriam. And this is like a solemn eulogy for a person that we've lost uh, to gun violence. Um, and it kind of reminds us of why we do this work. Today, we're going to honor the life of Jasmine Barnes. Houston, Texas. Jasmine Barnes was riding in a car with her mother, LaPortia Washington, and her three sisters when a man pulled up alongside them and fired into their vehicle. The gunfire killed Jasmine and wounded her mother, as well as Jasmine's six-year-old sister. Jasmine and her family were on their way to the grocery store. From her hospital bed, Jasmine's mother told reporters, quote, I replayed this moment in my head over a million times. Did I cut this man off? Did I make a wrong turn in front of him? Did I stop him from whatever he was doing? Did I do anything wrong to cause this man to fire shots in my car? And I didn't. I didn't do anything. I didn't make a wrong turn. I didn't get over in his lane. I didn't do none of that. He fired off at us. For no reason, none. Initially thought to be a victim of a hate crime due to racially motivated shootings that have happened in the Houston area during recent years, 
This tragic loss of a young girl's life is now understood to be a case of mistaken identity. Quite simply, Jasmine's killer wanted to shoot someone else. A 20-year-old man has been charged with capital murder. Police apprehended the suspect when he was stopped for failing to use a turn signal. Civil rights attorney S. Lee Merritt is representing Jasmine's father, Christopher Sevilla, and launched a GoFundMe for expenses related to her death. Derek Muhammad, an organizer of the Justice for Jasmine rally, which took place on Saturday, said, quote, We are heartbroken at the thought of a seven-year-old innocent child losing her life in such a violent way. Jasmine was murdered on Sunday, December 30th, 2018. Jasmine would have celebrated her eighth birthday this February. Oh, my God. Thank you, Mary Ellen. That was very powerful. And, you know, ever since Sandy Hook, we're always confronted with the very real situation that children are just as at risk as we all are for gun violence. And it is something to mention now that um, twice as many American kids now die from guns as they do from cancer. Isn't that just insane? It is insane. You know? And it's so preventable. It's frightening. Um, we actually, last week, we had a, Gag had a, a really beautiful and moving um, protest in Grand Central Station. Um, and we brought with us what we call our human beings. And for those of our listeners who aren't really familiar with our human beings, these are figures that are cla- totally clothed in white and are veiled and remain silent. And we, we, we chose white because white is a, a color of mourning in so many countries. And... Um, the figures, the human beings hold a photograph of a person that's been lost to gun violence and their name and their age and usually a couple of lines, something that, that a friend would remember about them or something they said themselves, something that lets you know a little bit about their lives. So we had a procession of these human beings um, through Grand Central Station and they were there to take up space for people who couldn't be there anymore. And I have to say, it was um, they were standing there silently holding p- these photos and we were honouring specifically children who were lost to gun violence and it was incredible to watch just the general public who had no idea what was going on just come up and kind of swarming around these figures and watching and, and, and you know then the penny drops and like wow these, these kids are dead you know it's extraordinary um, there's actually a beautiful video documenting this on the Gays Against Guns website um, gaysagainstguns.net I really encourage our listeners to go and check that out would be would love it if you could take a minute to watch that absolutely it was uh, an incredible experience to be there um, you know here at GAG the library is always open That's when right. it comes to reading the gun lobby for filth and part of that is also empowering ourselves with information I would certainly encourage you to read a very disturbing New York Times article by Linda Greenhouse called A Call to Arms at the Supreme Court Conservative judges worry that the Second Amendment has become a second-class right, uh, what they call a second-class right. It's a chilling account of how right-wing activist judges, mostly led by the thinking, and I use the term loosely, of Clarence Thomas, are working. You know, so far, for example, the Supreme Court could soon be moving towards situations where state bans on assault weapons could be deemed unconstitutional. That's absolutely frightening. And as we know, more guns is just going to equal more deaths. But in some better news, today uh, House Democrats uh, introduced their proposal to require universal background checks for gun sales. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> today is also, uh, uh, interestingly enough, I would say the eighth anniversary of 
former Representative Gabby Gifford's shooting in, uh, and uh, Speaker Nancy, wait, well, you know, the Gabby Gifford was shot uh, on January 8th, uh, 2011, mm -hmm. while trying to uh, deliver a speech to a group of people, and today is the anniversary for that. And she is joined today to introduce this bill, which is called the eight, the HR8 bill by Nancy Pelosi and uh, Representative Mike Thompson, also of California. Uh, the uh, shooting in Arizona, which happened on January 8th, uh, eight years ago today, uh, was in Tucson, and it left six people dead and 15 wounded. However, state Republicans will probably continue to side with the NRA and not bother to act on the bill. And don't forget, the NRA paid $30 million into the current president's election campaign, so we know whose hand guides his pen when it comes to signing gun laws. Follow the money. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, this comes in, in total contravention to the will of the American people. You know, when you talk about um, universal background checks, you can look at all a whole range of different surveys online and what you see consistently, that there's about 90% of people in the United States who support background checks. You know, and this includes responsible gun owners. This isn't just you know, people like us who have our gays against guns radio shows. Like People want background checks. But this thing they're talking about, Ken in the Supreme Court, and then the NRA paying for the NRA puppets. I mean, it just means that the... The, the government and the judicial system are not acting on the behalf of the people of the country. Absolutely not. They are lining their pockets. Yep. And so, you know, one thing that we have been doing from the very start is truly following the money. I mean, I remember at the very first gag meeting, some of us stood up and started talking about how that was a common denominator. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to hit them where it hurts in the pocketbook. There's a report coming up that explains what we mean by this and digs back into the gag action archives with one of our very first Follow the Money protests against BlackRock Investments. We learned that big, big investment companies like BlackRock and Cerberus had significant holdings in, um, in weapons makers. And uh, we felt like the anger about the gun issue usually didn't go further than the NRA. And we started looking at like these big corporate companies that actually were funding gun makers, uh, particularly BlackRock, you know, had significant uh, investments in Sturm Ruger and Smith and Wesson, you know, who made weapons used in some of the major, major mass shootings of the past several years. After every major mass shooting, gun sales go up and um, people make money off of massacres and GAG has had years on quarterly earnings calls from, from gun companies where they say it's an exciting time for business right after, for example, the Pulse shooting, which is what happened. Gays Against Guns decided to follow the money and take their message directly to BlackRock corporate offices in Manhattan. And they brought with them 12 human beings, figures in white representing people lost to gun violence. In this case, the 12 victims of the Aurora massacre in 2012. So we started a drop the gun stock campaign and then we just we marched to Black Rock. We went into the atrium and we were holding signs, drop the gun stock. We human beings were follow us. That was awesome actually. It was incredibly, incredibly awesome. Out of nowhere, people just started coming out of, of the elevators and sort of peering over. They were kind of like mortified and scandalized what's happening. So the security officers, like I could see, recognizing that they didn't know what 
what to do. Like, do we, wait, do we rest the, like, how are we going to manage this? Like, we didn't sign up for this. We didn't sign up for like 30 people coming in here into the atrium and causing pandemonium and screaming like others, you know, sort of suited, like, you know, businessmen were sort of entering and like, what is like, it was complete chaos. We were doing die-ins, you know, we were up and chanting, like it, it, it was one of the best actions actually. Then outside, um, we decided to do a die-in where we also did chalk outlines. We sort of had popcorn holders and inside there was sort of blood, like a little popcorn as well. And so, you know, kind of very theatrical, but very effective as well. We recognized immediately this is what we needed to, to bring to this, to the movement. You know, really bringing in, sort of contextualizing it, like because of your association with gun manufacturers, BlackRock, you're responsible uh, for the deaths at Aurora because the company that you are making money off of, that gun company, was manufactured the same gun that killed the Aurora victim. This is what the scene looked like in Aurora, Colorado in 2012 after a shooter came in and shot 12 people dead with a Smith & Wesson gun whose stock is owned by BlackRock. In fact, they bought more and more of that stock with every passing year because death is good business for BlackRock. I mean, I just think that was a shocking to them, you know, because they're such sort of a private entity. You don't really know what they do exactly or what they're funding or what they're behind. And so to start, you know, pulling back that veil and, you know, pointing fingers and exposing actors. A lot of media said that they were seeing an aspect of the fight against gun violence that they'd never seen. They were seeing something that, you know, for those who were old enough, reminded them of ACT UP, you know, of like really angry people in the streets, you know, with signage and with imagery and with uh, language that was quite uh, very in your face, very bold, very direct, and maybe a little ugly, you know? I think we really wanted to call attention just to the ugliness of that chain of death, the ugliness of politicians who continue to do nothing about gun violence um, because they're getting money from the NRA and also the corporate ugliness of, you know, venture firms like uh, Cerebrus or uh, BlackRock Group that fund the gun makers. Great. Well, thanks, John Graweiler, Tim Murphy and Kevin Gotkin for your contributions to that piece and everybody who showed up that day. It was really, there's a great piece actually that now this um, really documented that really, really well. Uh, if you, you can go up on their channel and see images from that because it is super theatrical and really impactful um you know and like and like tim was saying i think that's really what gag does is we really do bring something that's in your face theatrical and a little bit crazy and really unsettling to people you know um so i mean that's a bit it's really all about causing a ruckus but also letting people know where their cash is invested, right? Yeah, it's it's getting in. And I think, you know, for example, I, you can hear my cowbells in there. And I think that when, you know, Tim brought up ACT UP, and certainly we bring the same sort of life or death urgency to this that people brought to ACT UP back in the day, because it is life or death. It, it just absolutely, is. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And then, Ken, you were super involved with this. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about how what, what was the impact of this, us showing up and the pressure that was put on BlackRock? Well, first things first, you know, we, 
one thing that we people first started asking what Gays Against Guns was going to bring to the table that other groups did not. And I think we not only bring the theatrics and we bring a desire and a history and a legacy from mm -hmm. groups like ACT UP and Queer Nation, but we also bring the fact that we know how to do research and we make sure That's that true. we have solid research so that our facts match what our demands are. We went to that BlackRock action pretty well, fully know, we did have ears on their earnings call. We did know how much stock they owned. We did know what they could do and how much they could, how much they were involved in their index holding funds. To the point that this year, Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, and people don't even really, we haven't even celebrated ourselves to this point, but he made a very broad-based statement that said they need to be more careful about how they, who they invest in and how they invest. And he spoke specifically about guns. Yeah. So this is a long game. Absolutely, um, yeah. But we're getting somewhere. Yeah, and speaking of which, I, I, we're gonna move on to another piece, which is kind of it continuing this um, follow the money um, campaign or these tactics, let's say, that we have with Gays Against Guns. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the most sustained campaigns GAG has run so far has been against the NRA Business Alliances. These are a group of companies who have offered substantial discounts and perks to NRA members. Here we have Tim Murphy and Ken Kidd. That's you, buddy. Oh, I know that guy. And his, cow, and his cowbells. And his cowbells. Big cowbells, I might add. They're, they're talking to us about how this works and uh, what GAG has been doing so far to combat all of this. Let's take a listen. There's something called the, the NRA Business Alliance, and there were almost 200 different businesses, national businesses, regional businesses, rent-a-car companies, Hertz, uh, hotel chains, Wyndham, you know, these hotel chains that have a, a hotel for, at every price point. It was Wyndham, it was um, Howard Johnson's, Days In. I mean, they really were very well represented. All the rent-a-car companies for, pretty much had an alliance, but Hertz had the biggest one, and Hertz being the biggest uh, rent-a-car company, we decided that we would go after because they could afford to give it up easier and that they could be a good example. FedEx also gives a 26% discount to NRA members who ship a firearm. I, I challenge you to look at a FedEx truck now and not wonder how many guns are on board that FedEx truck. Two years ago, we, holiday time, we, just, we finally uh, decided that would be a good time to start the Attention Holiday Shoppers campaign where we went after FedEx, Wyndham Hotels, and Hertz Rent-A-Car. Because people travel, we didn't want them to rent cars at Hertz. Because people stay at hotels, we didn't want them to stay there. Because people ship gifts, we didn't want them to ship there. So we did a demonstration that went to all those different locations in Midtown. Spend money at Wyndham, we're giving money to the NRA. We're I'm happy to report that now, as a result of Parkland, as a result of these kids really make, getting the word out there, having the bigger pulpit than we had, and getting the word out there about the NRA Business Alliance, all but FedEx have, gone, have done away with their partnership. Throughout 2017, FedEx continued to refuse to drop their support for the NRA. This led to Gays Against Guns mounting a nationwide campaign against FedEx. 
What's up? This is Tim Murphy from Gays Against Guns New York. I'm here with a gaggle of gaggers outside of the FedEx office on uh, Bryant Park South on 40th Street between 5th and 6th Avenues. We started today, Friday, May 11th at noon, and we're protesting here for 26 straight hours to symbolize the 26% discount that FedEx continues to give to NRA, National Rifle Association members, despite widespread outcry and pressure from around the country. They are the last major American company to maintain ties with the National Rifle Association. So we are here for 26 straight hours, straight through the night until 2 p.m. tomorrow. Let's keep up the pressure on FedEx to cut their ties with the death machine that is the NRA. You Gays Against Guns stepped up their campaign against FedEx, leading to monthly nationwide protests involving gag chapters across the country, from LA to San Francisco, Ohio, DC, and New York. At the exact same time, on the same day across the country, gag chapters targeted FedEx offices. We're trying to make the NRA toxic and to make it an organization that no mainstream, self-respecting American company would have anything to do with. FedEx finally announced this year that they would be dropping their support of the NRA. And that is a beautiful thing because, you know, I hashtag follow the money right from the get-go, you know, whether it be politicians or whether it be um, businesses. I mean, this is all about money and about pe people getting rich and about money getting politicians elected. And if we can break that money chain, then, you know, we're going to win. Well, that's the plan. We're not setting out to lose. You know, seriously, that whole FedEx thing was incredible. Um, it just shows you like a bunch of people getting together and, and protesting actually has a major impact. What's next, Ken? So Wells Fargo, Wells right. Fargo. Yeah. And if, you, if people ask why Wells Fargo, let me just say that since Sandy Hook in December of 2012, Wells Fargo has given a line of credit of $431.1 million dollars to the gun lobby, which includes the NRA, mm -hmm. which includes manufacturers of assault weapons like Sturm Ruger. Mm -hmm. But then again in October, Wells Fargo gave Sturm Ruger specifically 40 million more dollars during the month of October. This was after they had been chided by uh, the American Federation of Teachers right, and yeah. encouraged you know, to distance themselves from it to the point that American Federation of Teachers with its 1.7 million members said, if you don't distance yourselves from them, you won't have our business. Yeah. So in a fight or in a choice between, you know, we have school shootings every day. So in a choice between teachers and guns, Wells Fargo Bank literally chose guns. And this is something they continually double down on, right? I mean, continually double down. They've been down. given plenty of opportunities to step away from the weapons industry. They absolutely have. Uh, t they have they've got, a, you know, a nun, a sister at St. Francis of Philadelphia, who uh, was in a meeting, a member of the Interfaith Ch Center on Corporate Responsibility, just says, this new business relationship with Sturmberger is in direct conflict with ethics, culture, and respect for human rights. And human lives. That's yeah. right. This is life or death, the, you know? You know, they, the, when you are, are faced with the membership of the American Federation of Teachers and, you are, and they tell you it's us or them and you choose them, Yeah. That, that, you know, you can buy, Wells Fargo says that you can't use their credit cards to buy Bitcoin, but you can use their credit cards to if you're 18 gun. to 21 years old to buy a gun. And all the other banks have stepped away from that. All you the can't other use banks have stepped away from yeah. that. Yeah. 
So I mean, keep we're going to be the talking. About, we're going to be talking about this a lot more. I mean, uh, for what's the plan? I mean, you know, we, we want people come in, come and hang out with us at our meetings and find out about. What, what, I mean, are we, we talking need pioneer to. lady drag <laughs> protests well, outside? There will be in real life protests. There will be online protests. There yeah. will be letter writing campaigns. There will be educational campaigns. One thing that we're doing right now is researching every LGBTQ center and every pride organization in the United States. And we're going to be reaching out to them to, A, let them know that this relationship exists. Yeah. B, ask them what their relationship is with Wells Fargo. And C, if to either change that relationship or at the very least to let their constituencies know about this. Yeah. Because frankly, if it's a choice, if I see a Wells Fargo float in this year's Pride March in New York oh, City, yeah. I'm going to encourage everybody to turn their back when it comes down. Yeah. Yeah, We're absolutely. gays against guns, honey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of the time people just don't know. People don't know that their credit card has been yeah. used to fund the NRA. Your you APR know? funds the NRA. Yeah, so it's yeah. time we got to liberate some facts in their direction. And we do need everybody. This kind yeah. of stuff need, we need people. And that now is, is the you. time to get involved with this because now is the time that we have the House. And for the first mm-hmm. time since the current president, got into power you know things are really starting to change the NRA is more vulnerable than it's been during our short history and Wells Fargo is also vulnerable for its other lousy choices so for people who want to get involved I mean you should just stop by a meeting I mean check out our Facebook page Gays Against Guns NY gaysagainstguns.net is our website you know and everybody's welcome um, so we have to start wrapping things up here. And, you know, traditionally we like to finish our meetings and our shows with our customary hell yes. Hell yeah. So first of all, thanks everybody for listening. And thank you to all of our contributors this week, Mary Ellen, Kevin, John, Tim, and also especially all the Radio Gag team that work behind the mic. Hell yeah. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. Uh, hell yeah to everyone who's helped us reduce the NRA Business Alliance to a rubble. They started out so strong, and now they are. They used to think they were heroes, and now they're just zeros. Hey, hey, hell hell yeah. yeah! And uh, I would also like to give a shout-out to all the folks who've been listening to us across the country and getting in touch with us through the website, gaysagainstguns.org, about how to get involved with us. Hell, hell yeah! yeah. And so we're back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 6.30. Don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website. Um, we're going to We're going to go with out, right, with our sister group, Sing Out Louise, our political quartet. Because when you follow the money, it takes you from the NRA via Russian spy Maria Butina all the way to the current <laughs> under investigation White House and all the way to Russia to Vladimir Putin. Take it away, Sing Out Louise. And the weekend set will not sing yet if there's any law you want to break. Mark! A lago is the wet dream of the GOP. All the racist rats and kleptocrats dip a toe into the rising sea. But Putin is no nouveau riche. No, he's not. And he's got dopey dog on a leash. So when we say, whoa, what did he do today? No, we're only saying, stay there for good. Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago, oy vey. Mar-a-Lago is a temple to vulgarity, where the crooked class 
can raise a class to expanding inequality. Mark! A logo where the mobsters pay each other off. And they pass a stash of dirty cash while they play another round of golf. We know he belongs to old Vlad, cause the cat is a tad like his dad. So when we say, whoa, what did he do today? No, we're only saying, stay there for good Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago, yikes, oy vey. Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago, Marla, Maples, Marla, Maples, Stormy, Daniels, Stormy, Daniels, we know that you signed an NDA, but we want you to talk anyway. So when we say, whoa, what did he do today? No, we're only saying stay there for good. Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago, M-A-R-A-L-A-G-O, Mar-a-Lago! This is WBAI New York 99.5 FM and WBAI.org online. The previous program was Radio Gag, Gays Against Guns, and is heard Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. right after the WBAI Evening News. Stay tuned for First Voices Indigenous Radio with Teokis and Ghost Horse uh, at 7 p.m., followed by Green Street Radio at 8 p.m., 9 p.m. is Out FM, and at 10 p.m. is Sugar in My Bowl with Joyce Jones. Just wanted to uh, let people know that uh, today we are in the second day of our new program schedule uh, shift, and there's going to be plenty of other programming changes that are throughout this week that we are all going to get familiar with very sooner than later. So just keep it tuned here on WBAI New York and WBAI.org. And if you want to jump ahead of the class and find out what the schedule is going to be like,